Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. I think you're trying no, to hide you. I just said cod, and you said there you go. That's you know what? Look, okay. I don't, I don't know what you eat. So you know I don't eat cod. Who the I don't fuck know that. I, I don't know you. What am I some? What am I some? Hey, Dennis. Oh, hi, Josh. What are you trying to say? So, uh, you don't eat cod, huh? At the time of that recording, I had never had cod. All right. Mm-hmm. But, but I think since uh, then, recently, I've traveled, as I do, and I was able to partake in a local delicacy of cod. That does not make me, uh, whatever you assumed I was, some type of royalty. You assume that about yourself. I assume that you assume that about me, but that does not make me royal. Apparently, it is... What the local fishermen in Massachusetts eat, and I just had to partake. So I was wrong on a couple parts. But you calling me out on this does not make you better than me. No, I I just want an apology from you. And I think you owe the best friend simulator maniacs out there an apology. I didn't lie to them. You put on airs. You acted like you were not a cod person. And then you went and ate cod. But then I learned that cod is not the fish of the upper crust. It is the fish of the people. And if we've said anything to our fans, the best friend, best friend simulator maniacs out there. I'm really into this. That we are a podcast of the people. We're just a bunch of regular Joes. Who cast aspersions on food of common people well i didn't know but i learned i am willing to say that i was wrong i'm not going to apologize but i was willing to say that i was wrong and now i've learned otherwise okay uh well next episode uh stay tuned for dennis's apologies about goo i'll never eat goo but josh (laughs) i do want to use this as a segue please if you'll give me a minute on my soapbox yeah i know i don't hop up there buddy thank you here i go uh I don't, you know, we don't talk usually like, this is a podcast where it's a conversation between you and I, of course, but sometimes every once in a while we have to talk straight to the audience. And so I want to say this, you know, Josh listens to a lot of podcasts. I listen to some podcasts. I like a lot of comedy. I go to see comedians. My friends go to see the comedians. They, they, we always talk about what happens. And a lot of these people, these podcasts, these, these comedians, it's really lowest common denominator. And I'm not talking about like your your comedian like your uh what are they the uh the redneck the kings of redneck comedy. Like I don't think that stuff is lowest common denominator. You know, there's like there's comedy for the people and then there's like lowest common denominator. And there's 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 comedy that is it's just let's see who we can who we can shit on and make fun of. And so there's a lot of podcasts out there now 
Yeah. You listen punching to it. Punching down, Josh, I think it's called. Punching yes, absolutely. Punching down. Josh, you were listening to a podcast, you said within five minutes, they started making sexual assault jokes, they started making gay jokes, uh, making fun of somebody to say he might have performed fellatio on another man. All this shit is just trite. It's tr- it's not even lowest common non- denominator. It's fucking trite. It's lazy comedy. It's it's just bullshit that we refuse to partake in. And you know, look, I'm going to point out how I was wrong about the cod. Anybody listening to this podcast, if they ever say, "Yo, that thing you said, that might not be right." I got to let you If any of the best friend maniacs come to us and they say, "Yo, man, I didn't my family's been fishing cod for hundreds of years in these waters. I I want an apology. You know what? I'm going to apologize to that person." Yeah. Cuz we're that's what it it's like right now is we need to address who we are the way we've been raised the way we think there's stuff i've been wrong about in the past there's stuff i will i'm still wrong about and hopefully i will learn over time so please holler at us anybody out there for instance um who has been offended by dennis's uh disparaging remarks about goo please holler at us bunch of weirdos but in in all seriousness you know you're not gonna like go into my if I, if I'm ever running for office you're not going to go into my history and find like all this like sketchy stuff I'm going to tell you everything I've ever done yeah I said some weird shit I was like 15 16 17 I thought saying really outlandish things to make people laugh was funny you know I think I I like to feel like I like to think that I've grown a little since then and I don't really do that anymore and this pot we're not you know this isn't a podcast of like dumb crap I, I like to think it's more absurd rather than just like stupidity and making right fun of people that are seen as less than so i just wanted to say that and that's that's a message from that. from us to the maniacs out there oh and also real quick just to follow up to our last um our last uh podcast we talked about robocop's digestive system and whether or not he poops so I have a couple different things from the internet. None of them are definitely clear uh, because nobody really knows. But somebody thinks that they connect RoboCop to some hose to empty the waste out. Okay. Some people think he is a perfect organism and everything is used that he ingests. Uh, somebody Ooh. thinks he ha- yeah. I think that I thought that was a pretty good one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody thinks he has a uh, a robo colostomy bag. This is all off of, like, Reddit and some other stuff. And uh, my favorite answer was RoboCop shits justice. So. Hmm. I think that might be. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, question. Did, did you happen to check DeviantArt for any um, artistic takes on <laughs> RoboCop's anatomy? No. Since I was presented um, by our friend Justin, who does the art for this podcast, since I was presented with the subject of dragons fucking cars which he said no no go ahead look it up uh since i was presented with that i'm not look. i'm not going to type in anything i think of and look up images on the internet because i know something will be there that i don't that i'll never be able to unsee <laughs> dragons fucking cars what the fuck we're going to hell in a handbasket <laughs> hey man <clears throat> as we had said earlier there Whatever, whatever floats your boat. You look, hey, and I'm not judging. No, and here if I that's am. your thing. 
and here God I bless. St- God and, bless you. And here I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. Teach his own. It doesn't hurt anybody. Doesn't hurt. Don't hurt nobody. I I don't want to hurt nobody. Now, if everybody's thing was uh, images of dragons fucking me, then I then it might be I might be a little upset about that. I don't want to get fucked by a dragon. How does that hurt you? I don't know. I mean, all these images of dragons fucking me on the internet would make me sad. I'd be kind of intrigued that all these people know who you are. Maybe, oh, yo. Look, I'm not giving my consent to this, though. That's, that's, therein lies the rub. I think that's how we know we're famous, is that people start drawing us in flagrante delecto. That, you and me? I mean, us in different situations. (laughs) You fucking dragon. Me fucking you. What if it's a picture of, this is taking a weird weird turn what if it's a drawing of me riding a dragon but the dragon is fucking you do you think anybody hmm. listens to this with their children i hope not yeah, but i'll tell you what though it's gonna be some cool fucking kids dog oh, i love no, they'll wind up broken weirdos like us i'm a best friend maniac that's a kid fan of us um also i have reversed my position um, if anybody out there wants to draw a picture of Dennis riding a dragon that's fucking me, I'm for it. You know Justin will be sending us that picture <laughs> any moment now. You know, I, I was thinking about that. but Two yeah. Thursdays from now, so Dennis, about 11 o'clock in the morning, I see it coming into our, our coming into our, one of our inboxes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dennis, you are um, not recording from uh, Casa this de Dennis is how, today. Is that what no, you call your house? This is how dedicated I am <laughs> to this podcast. I am I'm on the road, because I'm, I'm frequently on the road, and uh, I'm recording from the road. And I'm actually recording in uh, our, our sister podcast, uh, Werewolf Ambulance. I'm recording in there. I don't know if they consider us their sister podcast, but I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I don't think uh, so. I'm recording in the Rick Gasly Studios, where they record Werewolf Ambulance and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Uh, owned, not owned, what? Uh, <laughs> um, the studio is run by our friend Alan, who was on our music episode a couple episodes ago. And I'm going to tell you, man, I would call him the CEO of the, yes, uh, the CEO the, the Rick Gasly podcast. The CEO of the, of the Rick Gasly podcast network. And I'm yo, dude, they got some I, How's it feel, man? I'm not I don't, I don't want to talk out of school and um, I Alan's de- de- um luckily not here, but yo man, this Werewolf ambulance got some they got some ducats, if you know what I'm saying. There's a fucking hot tub in the corner, constantly bubbling, we're going to have to take it out and post. <laughs> Well, they have some uh, specially made software to remove the hot tub. Oh, yeah. They got they? Pro Tools. Pro Tools is expensive, right? They got Pro Tools. Uh, <laughs> but he wouldn't Pro let me tools. use any of their... He wouldn't let me use any of their equipment. He's just like... No. I, I heard it's the exact Pro Tools that um, Bob Rock used to record uh, the Black Album. Yeah, yeah. He bought, he, he illegally <laughs> he bought it off of eBay. <laughs> uh-huh. He illegally downloaded that, that specific program of Pro Tools. Um, I tried to use Katie's microphone, and she, like, called me. We've never spoken on the phone, but she called me before I recorded, and she was just like, yo, uh, don't touch my shit. Like, I can't even sit in her chair. It's weird. Okay. Yeah, it's really weird. So... <laughs> 
hey, but she, you know, she, look, she's an artist, and I don't want to like mess with her. I know she's serious about her shit, so I don't want to mess with anything. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to mess up, mess their mojo up. You know, they they have a great podcast, and you coming in there and getting your grubby mitts all over everything. You know, you could very easily ruin that. I don't blame them. I already peed on the floor a little bit, so they they probably are are in there right. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot quieter recording in like a corner of Pittsburgh rather than a main street in Philadelphia. So I got to try to figure out how to make it make it a lot make less it, trucks. Yeah, make it a lot less trucks. Uh, hey, Dennis. Hey, you don't have grubby mitts. I'm sorry. They're, they're a little grubby sometimes. Would you be friends with me if my hands were? Like permanently in like a a poo bear uh, position. Yeah, because I would have you scoop all of my honey all the time. That sounds filthy. <laughs> I'm not gonna scoop your honey, and I'm not gonna be on the back of a dragon while I scoop your honey. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, Justin, you should add that detail. <laughs> oh, he's drawing. He's already furiously drawing it. Like, oh shit. <laughs> This is oh shit! This is great. Um, anyway, uh, what's new? Uh, not much. I, I was wondering. Uh, so I'm old. We've established this in earlier episodes, and our, our our young listeners out there, our millennials, do you guys struggle with uh, passwords as much as I do? You mean creating them or remembering them? It, just dealing with them in general. Um, I, I had an, an instance recently where I was trying to remember a password on my phone. It was actually when I was submitting this podcast to iTunes so that we could actually go live with it. And it was asking me for my iTunes password and ID and everything. And I couldn't remember it. Well, I was trying to reset my password and it was asking me for my password to log in to reset my password. And I was so frustrated that I was squeezing my phone as hard as I could, just going... (laughs) Definitely a smart idea to crush the phone that you're not able to get into. Um, Then I just uh, put it down and came back the next day and figured it out. But this is a constant source of frustration in my life. I Just today, before we started recording, uh, my Skype reset itself for some reason and i had to reset my password because i couldn't remember what it was what what do people do what do you people do why don't you have all of your passwords saved in your computer i do but sometimes they change sometimes no yeah they do they don't they do change the saved passwords in your computer don't just change it'll forget them sometimes what kind of computer are you using a commodore 64 I'm using an Acer laptop, and sometimes it'll update itself and then ask me to log back into everything. Mm, that's no bueno. It makes me feel like I'm an 80-year-old man dealing with this shit, Dennis. I have 40 years to go before I'm 80. I don't want to feel that way yet. I was reading about this recently. I think you need to get a password manager. Oh, God, maybe I do. But it well, seems is this, like it's... Is this like a, a, a person? <laughs> <laughs> hey there. Uh, no, I got it. Which one are you trying to get into? Uh, here you go, buddy. Thanks. Oh, glad you're here, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Barry. 
My hotmail. Come on, help me. Help me. I'll be there in a half hour. Why is Barry like an old, like a plumber from Brooklyn? Because I, I feel like that is a job that like a real salt of the earth working man type would have, you know? Hey, oh, Josh, the hotmail account again. Oh, I'll be over in a couple minutes. I'm, I gotta go. Gina needs help getting into her Yelp. <laughs> Gina and her fucking Yelp. No, but I think so, the yeah. password manager makes, like, complicated passwords for you and remembers them. Okay. Um, and probably it's probably not a good idea to do the thing that I do, which is just, like, a slight variation of the same password for everything that I'm on. <laughs> if anybody uh, ever, if anybody ever use, like, a keyboard, um, like, a keystroke reader for mine, they'll figure it out in two seconds, like, what it is. I, I definitely don't do that either. Also, I don't think you had to tell anybody that you're old because you said grubby mitts, and nobody under 39 says grubby mitts. Okay. I mean, I would just assume that listening to me, people would know that I'm old. Anyway. Because you have that voice that sounds like an older man? I got that old guy voice. Because you talk with confidence and poise. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's me. Hello, people. That's my middle name. Because we have sexy secrets. Wait, what? Like an older adult does. Ooh, adult, uh, sexy adult secrets. <laughs> that sounds kind of creepy. Hey, Dennis. What up? The ant war is over. What? How They're did... done, baby. Did they win? You live with them now? No. Oh. Well, I, I guess I didn't <laughs> win either, but Mother Nature won because it's now several months later and 40 something degrees outside and they stopped coming so but i chalked that up as a win so by the ant war is over you mean it's getting cold enough to where ants are hibernating and <laughs> they're just not coming to your house anymore but oh just wait until may I, they're they're beaten I, that's how i think of it mm-hmm. and come may who knows i might not even live here where are you gonna go i don't i don't know i don't want to move again What's something like going living on? Here. Do we have to have an actual conversation to talk about this? Yeah, yeah pa- let's pause the recording. Okay, shit. What, okay, uh, okay. my side's paused. What's up? Dennis. Yeah. They're on to me. Who? The ants? No, the government. What are they on to you about? That you haven't paid your taxes in a while? I know too much. About welding? About welding for aliens. About podcasting? No, I've been welding for aliens. Can I move away from the microphone? This is hurting my neck. No. Okay. <laughs> this is stupid. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> what else is going on? Not much. Not The ants are gone. That's been nice. Um, it's, it's the Halloween season now, which Ooh. I guess we should say that we recorded a lot of episodes before any of these actually went live. So it's it's been probably close to a month since we've actually recorded, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I was going to let everybody into that little secret of... Uh, we uh we recorded too much and we had to wait and that's why two <laughs> weeks ago we were talking about how it's July and ninety degrees and now we're talking about how it's October and it's like forty because we did like five weeks without recording, um, and we haven't even spoken to each other at all so I don't know anything that's happening in your life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we talked a little bit. 
guys. Our, our relationship is strictly professional now. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, you know, that's funny that you say that because I do have that problem now where, you know, we do have these conversations and we're recording them for whatever idiotic reason. But then I'm like, oh, I want to talk to Josh about this, but this might be good for the podcast. So I mean, I, I've, I've had you tell me numerous times, eh, maybe we should save this for the podcast. <laughs> like, no, Dennis, I'm trying to tell you about my life. Yeah, no, I don't want to know. I only, and, and But here's the thing, like, now nothing is real unless it's spoken about on the podcast. Ooh, okay. Right? We're, we have, we have like, a, a kayfabe situation going on. Right, 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 okay. right. Nice. I like how three or four... No, the first episode we talked about how we don't talk about wrestling, and since then we've talked about wrestling a number of times, including your kayfabe mention. Look, man, I like wrestling. I'll talk about wrestling. Um, Also, I I really, as another aside from the aside that we're on now, um, I want to just say thanks to everybody for all the kind words. We've been hearing lots of nice things since we did actually publish the podcast. Our friend Mike... Uh, actually asked to come on to talk to us about mm-hmm. wrestling at some yeah, point so I that think might, we might happen. have to make that happen yeah i'd be excited about that it's just nice to hear from everybody it's cool i mean we we have a lot of friends and i know that's exclusively who's listening to the podcast right now but i think we have enough friends between us to make a nice small audience to begin with so it's really nice to get a reception like that from people to know yeah. that like folks are listening and actually enjoying whatever this idiocy is that we're yeah. doing here tell your friends that you know some friends that just talk nonsense, and maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't. I mean, they probably won't, but yeah. who cares? Yeah, I, I think if you have a friend that would appreciate this type of nonsense, by all means, please let them know about the podcast. You know, if you have an episode that you like or something, have them give it a listen. Um, because I think that's the only way this show could actually spread. Because I don't know how to give an elevator pitch for this thing that we're doing here i think it's if anything it's just going to be on the strength of who we are as goofballs so you can just tell them you think it's funny you can even lie to them and tell them they'll win money if they listen and then just we'll see what happens from there yeah we you know we'll figure something out maybe that's what Uh, we need to do we need to like have a contest but if like whatever give away ten thousand dollars but we make sure we give the money away to somebody we know or not at all should i not have said that like on the mic I'll take it out in post. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Let's have a big old fake check that we'll give to our friend Kane. <laughs> I'm not giving Kane any money. I'm going to give Kane a, a $10,000 check that is no. six feet long. There we go. It's a novelty check that he can't cash. Don't say hi to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when I did have COD, I was I was on a little vacation. I know you're not going to ask me how I am, so I'm just going to talk about it. Um, I was on a little vacation <laughs> in Massachusetts with some friends like Alan and uh, Jim, who I think we're going to have on our Halloween episode. Yeah, we're doing a Halloween episode. That was yeah. actually what I was going to say earlier before we got sidetracked and sidetracked again. But we were in we were in um we were in Massachusetts and so one of the nights we were there was the night that Tom Petty passed away. But there was conflicting reports for like twelve hours of people in the morning were saying he was dead. And then apparently he just went into cardiac arrest and was not dead. But then later on the evening it was confirmed that he was dead. So in that like six to ten hours of confusion the last photograph on the Tom Petty Instagram account was going fucking off with people saying he was dead, 
than people. It was the most fascinating thing I had ever experienced in real time because I just kept re like reloading it and it was just like 20 more comments. One woman asked, is you dead? Uh, somebody else, uh-huh. Somebody else was like, uh, RIP. And then somebody responded, he's not dead, fucker. And it was just like, it was people being nice, people being horrible, people being confused. Oh, man, it was just so fascinating. People don't deal with that kind of uncertainty when you have, like, a a Schrodinger's petty situation. It really was a Schrodinger's petty situation. (laughs) He was alive and dead at the same time to all those fans. I tried to sing the radio edit of Last Dance with Mary Jane to my uh, partner lady, and she didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. So in the Last Dance, to Mary, Last Dance with Mary Jane, which is so obviously about weed, he talks about how he just wants to roll another joint, but they had a bleep out joint, so he says he just wants to roll another ouch, and it's the best thing I've ever heard on the radio. <laughs> it's just reversed. It's just it's just joint reversed, as if we're not going to figure it out. Ouch. And uh, I love it so much up until I started listening to the new hip-hop station in Philadelphia that does radio edits for every hip-hop song they play, which, if you can imagine, Hmm. is very extensive and ridiculous. Yeah. Like, they replay... Yeah. About... In the ludicrous song, I want to lick you from your head to your toes, they replace that whole part with, I want to... Yeah. That's it. (laughs) So they're getting pretty lazy about yeah, it. Yeah, it's amazing. I can't wait to. I can't wait till they get a little more creative. But anyway, R.I.P. Tom Petty. He seemed like he was an alright dude. Yeah, yeah, he seemed alright. A, a classic rock staple. Staple. Yeah. Don't do me like that. And all his other hits. <laughs> Which I'll plug in. Yeah. Would you here. play his top twenty songs for the next uh, one hour? All right. So for yes. the next hour, we're gonna play a live Tom Petty uh, concert. <laughs> Thanks for listening, to guys. <laughs> oh man it sucks because i was gonna have a i know you're turning um uh 41 next year and i was i was gonna have him play your birthday party oh just what i always wanted yeah i know you're a big fan but now that he's dead i'm not gonna have a party for you anymore in you know out of respect okay that's okay to tom we'll do that. his dad richard and his sister Lori. You know, uh, I, when I worked at a record store in Philly, a young man from the band In Solitude came in, who started off as kind of like a classic heavy metal, like Iron Maiden, Merciful Fate worship, and then turned into like a weird gothy thing. But he came in and bought like four Tom Petty records. Wow. Also, I thought you said he went from um, like a classic metal to like a gothy dude, like I thought in the duration of, of his hanging out at the record store, and I got really confused. Yeah, yeah, he was, he came in and picked up an Iron Maiden record, and then put it down, put on some eyeliner, and then got a Sisters of Mercy record. Ooh. Ooh. And that just goes to show you Tom Petty's universal. Also, I think that story I just told maybe would appeal to two people yeah, in the world. Yeah, because I like that you Sorry, just said, guys. I like that you just said, yeah, so I'm, I worked in a record store, Humble Brag, and then I met this guy in this band that only five of you have heard of, and didn't, don't explain like what they sound like or anything. Maybe In Solitude? I did! Oh, you oh, I okay. told you! You were saying he started from an Iron Maiden. It was an Iron Maiden cover yeah. band. 
they sounded like Iron Maiden mixed with Merciful Fate. Wow. And then their last record was kind of like a, I don't know, Death Rocky kind of sound. Are you going to cut out that little part where you just freaked out at me? I'm going to leave it in, Dennis. I think you should to show people how you, you tr- me off. treat me. <laughs> what? Look. <laughs> don't, look, look, don't play this. Is this a shoot or is it a schmoz? What's going on? <laughs> Don't play this up for the audience. I know you have this anger towards me. Save it for the cast. What? <laughs> uh, hey, Dennis. Hey, what up? It's October right now. Are you, are you getting ready for Halloween? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I started putting on my face paint this morning. I could see that. You have a... <laughs> <laughs> you have a, a face paint soul patch. Yeah, right now. I'm glad this isn't throwing you off. No, I don't, fucker. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just a couple days, uh, five o'clock. You have shadow. like a sort of a, a Howie Mandel thing going on right now. Eat shit. I'm going to come to Seattle and stab you. And I'm glad this is on a recording so the cops know exactly who did it. It was me, <laughs> Howie Mandel. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is my favorite time of the year. I love halloween so much uh i do i'm in the midst of my 31 day horror movie marathon where i watch 31 horror movies and kind of keep track of them publicly on the internets for all to see um so i'm I'm excited about it but it's halloween soon which means that it's time for another case of case Mm -hmm. another installment Mm -hmm. of josh's spooky no Josh's Paranormal Portal (laughs) you can't change the name of the segment forever I I want Dennis I'm a grown ass man you're so angry what's happening you're so angry today it fits what I'm about to tell you about Paranormal Portal like Josh's spooky stories better. That's, I mean that's what we can call it most of the time but for this time I'm calling it Josh's yeah. Paranormal portal. Yeah, why have consistency? Yeah. Who gives a shit? Who gives guessing. a fuck? Who gives a fuck? I'm going to do the podcast not even talking into a microphone, because what does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Josh's paranormal portal. Uh, so I, I would like to talk to you about Mel's hole. Well, hold on for a second. I would rather you not. This sounds yeah. filthy. We've already talked about dragons fucking cars while I was riding one of them and a dragon fucking you. I'm not going to talk to you about Mel's asshole. <laughs> well, just get right in there, why don't just, you? I I want to be clear. I don't want people to get excited and go, oh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot about Mel's hole, but not Mel's asshole. <laughs> At what point... <laughs> Like, how many curse words into the podcast can iTunes or whatever just say, no, fuck this. This is this is ridiculous. Let's put out a special episode where we just say fuck 800 times. And that's, how we, that's how we got ready for the podcast. I thought it was pretty good. I thought we should have recorded yeah. it. We were both just yelling fuck. Fuck. Uh, it's good. It really gets it out. Um, I know that our friend Chris is going to be very excited about this episode because he has talked to me about Mel's hole before and the, the paranormal one, not the body part. You mean, it, yeah, no confusion, Chris. We're not going to be talking about Mel's 
asshole. Stop. Don't <laughs> stop getting closer to the mic as you say, you freak. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I want to talk to you about Mel's Hole, and this is exciting for me because this is uh, right in my backyard. Tell me more. Well, I, I have discussed previously with you uh, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. Of course, I've um, heard of that before. A very long-running, famous radio show uh, that ran for a long time. It's still going now with a different host. It was basically people would call in and, and talk about paranormal stuff. Um, and this is a, a phone call that Art received in February 1997. Actually, uh, on my 20th birthday was when this was called in. Ooh. Some some nice synchronicity there. A man named Mel Waters called in and was talking about a mysterious hole that existed on his property. Now, he had lived here for two years. Um, this was in, it was near Ellensburg, Washington, uh, which is about 90 miles away from where I live. It was just to the west of that on Manastash Ridge. This guy lived out here and had a hole on his property. It was There was like a retaining wall built around it, and he had fastened like a, a corrugated metal like roof cover for it, kind of. And people have been using it as a garbage dump for years, way, well before he even lived on the property. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, lay it on. How, how does he know people were using it for garbage? Um, I think, I mean, he knew people were coming on and doing it mm. and just talking to people in the area okay. told him. And he, he, didn't, he didn't actually live on the property. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, he was using it for other reasons. Uh, he had a, he was doing research on medicinal herbs uh, that Native Americans had used, particularly to cure the flu. Okay. Um, so I, I believe he was using that property. So you, you what you're trying to say is he was high on weed all the time i don't know about that fine so yeah basically people have been using this as a garbage dump throwing stuff like refrigerators down there you know dead livestock tires what have you and one day mel was like wait a second this hole doesn't seem to be filling up and decided to go check it out now there were a couple of interesting things about the hole to begin with that he noticed is that one his dogs were terrified of it didn't want to go any anywhere near it birds never landed near it at all uh wouldn't land on the cover so it was it was kind of weird so he did a few preliminary tests would try throwing stuff down there and didn't hear it and he several times talked about how he liked to throw television tubes down there because they kind of explode on impact and that never happened and we, we have personal experience with uh, exploding television tubes because mm-hmm. we used to go <laughs> up on the roof of a house you lived in on new year's you you'd moved out by that point though yeah, I don't think I was there at the time. And we would smash the, the tubes with warhammers until we accidentally knocked one off the roof on into the street. And then that, that was the last year we did it that ended the, the tradition because... We, yeah, that sounds about right. We could have killed someone. Um, so Mel was basically doing this in his property, but wasn't hearing any sound, which was odd. He was just like, I, "What? what's going on? So Mel, who was a amateur shark fisherman when he lived in Florida... Uh, happened to have some spools of monofilament fishing line and began lowering it down to the hole with a, a one pound lead weight on the end. And it kept going and going and going. I think eventually he ran out of line and then got more and wound up buying a bunch in bulk because he would just get more and splice it on. And he said that he got it down to a feet of about 80,000 feet which is about 15 miles or so. Damn. Um, and 
he stopped there. Also, he had 15 miles of fishing line. Well, he, he got more as he ran out. He would go out. I think he said he went out and bought, like, when you go to a fishing supply store, they'll sell you line off of a giant spool. I think he oh. said he bought, like, one of the spools. And he had rigged up some kind of, like, a counter to, to determine exactly how much line was going down. We'll get into this a little bit later, but there are a lot of issues with that right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was very confused and curious. He's like, well, like, this hole goes down apparently 15 miles. That's very strange. So he started asking his uh, his neighbors about it, people that lived nearby. Uh, there was a man who said that he had a, a hunting dog that he really loved that died. And he laid the dog to rest by throwing it down the hole. As you do with things that you love, you throw them in the hole. Um, and a week later, this man saw this dog seemingly resurrected, running around in the woods, uh, acting like it was hunting with somebody else. And then another neighbor of his claimed to see a black beam of light emitting from the hole, like shooting up into the sky at one point. So Mel... You know, it was like, oh, well, there's there's something really interesting going on here. So, I've, you know, I wanted to come share this with the fans of Coast to Coast. There, there was a lot of talk between him and Art on this call about how he changed his will to be lowered into the hole upon his death. Okay. Which is sounds pretty about rad. right. Yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. like something you would do if you found a giant endless hole on your property. That could potentially resurrect you. I mean, when I'm dead, who cares? Yeah. I mean, good point. Maybe you'll be resurrected in the forest or whatever. Yeah, throw me down, Mel's hole. Done. Well, uh, it seemed that Mel would have an issue doing that where he had to die, uh, because a week later he he called Coast to Coast back and said that since the initial broadcast, he returned to his land only to find it blocked off by military-looking people. He He didn't necessarily state they were United States military folks, but they... They were military-type people. They had cordoned off a lot of his land and said he couldn't enter the land because there was a plane crash there. He was raising up a lot of stink about it, you know, saying, this is my property, I have a right to be here. And they simultaneously threatened him by saying, you know, it would be a shame if we were to find a drug lab on your land, which he got a little nervous about because of his uh, medicinal herb research. So cops... Cops will drop like a little forty-five near you and say like, oops, looks like you dropped something. But the government will drop a drug lab on your property to get you in trouble. Well, Mel was convinced that if you change some stuff around his lab, you could potentially use it to make drugs, which he insisted he wasn't doing. Oh, definitely Strictly not. Strictly medicinal herbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How far away but is this from Seattle? This is uh, about 90 miles, I believe. Mm-hmm. What's going on out there? Come on. It's fucking weird. It's weird out here, dog. Come on. Come on. Have you Come ever even now. been 90 miles east of Seattle? Um, I don't think I have. No. No. I've been there. I've been close, but I haven't actually been that far out there. It's a different state once you get past the central part. Yeah, next time I visit, we're going to drive out there and see what we can find. Oh, Jamie and I have been talking about it cuz yeah. I've been talking to her about this i i've listened to probably at this point six hours worth of uh oh good coast coast to coast not to mention done countless hours of reading and research on this because i got very obsessed (laughs) so yeah these these military types like i said simultaneously threatened him by threatening to trump up some charges of a drug lab but they also said that they were they were prepared to make an offer 
on the land. And he didn't get into that just then and, and say what it was. So that was the end of that call. He just gave a little update. And then a few years had passed. Art said that he heard from Mel, um, who said he had relocated to Australia, but didn't really get in touch with him and, and give him a lot of details. So a few years later, Mel called back and said that he was offered $250,000 a month to lease the land to these folks. And he also, as a part of the stipulation, he would have to relocate to Australia in order to do this. <laughs> this is silly. <laughs> God, sorry. Oh, it gets it, Dennis. This goes so deep. Uh, I mean, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, hey. going, I'm going down the hole. I'm going. Yeah. What do you What do you think Mel got into in Australia? He, he's oh, making close drugs. to. I think that's like three million dollars a year or something like that. Oh, to- a lot of drugs. He continued his research on medicinal herbs out there. He was actually allowed to import a lot of these medicinal herbs indigenous to this region to Australia without having to do any quarantine or anything. Right, because he's Mel. Yeah. So he invested some of his money into that, but a lot of his money went into wombat rescue. Oh, okay. Are <laughs> he, womb- uh, is that a th- like are wombats in danger in Australia? You know, that's a thing I didn't look into, but just taking Mel at his own word, which I don't see why we wouldn't do that. Of course, of course. I, he, he said that before he started his refuge, wombats were endangered. Okay. And then once he got underway, um, he, he single-handedly brought them back from the extinction, or from the from the brink of extinction. So This guy's like a master of everything. He is, man. Herbal, medicine, herbal medicine and wombat um, repopulating. So Mel spent, I think it sounded like he spent most of his money doing this. And he eventually relocated back to the United States and found himself broke because this land apparently originally belonged to his ex-wife and his ex-wife as a part of their sort of their split up. The settlement was that she gave him, she leased this land to him. So it was sort of, it was his land because she, he supported her through school or something like that. So this was how she kind of repaid him. But his wife decided that he broke his own lease by leasing this to these military types because they were building structures on the land and a bunch of stuff that was kind of verboten in the original agreement. So he lost all rights to this and was broke because he spent all of his money on wombats. Uh, That'll happen. Yeah, the wombats are expensive. So he, at this point, is kind of, you know, doesn't have a penny to his name. I think he was living with his nephew who lived out on, you know, this side of Washington. And he was taking a bus. He was doing something to help his nephew out, like delivering a car for him or something. So he was taking a bus from Tacoma to Olympia and got to a fist fight with somebody on the bus. He didn't really explain much about what happened there, but he was knocked unconscious and woke up 12 days later in San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, surrounded by homeless men, trying to get him to sing on the road again because he apparently looked like Willie Nelson. Dude, what? This 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 hole goes deeper and deeper. Oh my God, Dennis! Yeah, and th- this is going to be a two-parter because there's okay. a part two to this story that gets so fucking bonkers that it. I just am in love with it. Um, but yeah, so he woke up in San Francisco. He was missing a bunch of teeth. All of his back teeth had been removed. Uh, he had signs on his arm that he had been hooked up to an IV. There was like, you know, that that telltale like tape sign 
like tape remnants on your arm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was missing his belt buckle which i'll i can get into in a bit because there's something special about that belt buckle so he you know was like I, what's going on like this is some crazy shit so he started trying to get in touch with people there was a guy that so Mel at this point starts saying that, you know, over the course of the years that he lived on the property or was using it, he found stuff laying around on the property. And one of the things that he found was a a, a gun, uh, like a World War II era German gun. I forget the, the type of model, um, mm-hmm. but he found it. And I think he gave it to a landlord as sort of like a, a deposit because he didn't have money or whatever, you know, as you would do. And it turns out this gun uh, was very strange because when you fire it, it makes no sound whatsoever. I don't Mm -hmm. even think it's like, it's like, you know, not even like a silencer, which still makes a sound. I think it was completely silent. This gun, if you brought it close to a radio, could start to tune in signals from very far away, way out of the range of, of a normal radio. Or if you kept it very still, could bring in radio signals from the past. So Mel was trying to track down this guy because he heard stuff about this gun. He's like, oh, like, I, I need to talk to you about this stuff. And and then so that belt buckle of his. So Mel, in addition to being a, a medicinal herb enthusiast mm-hmm. and uh, uh, an amateur fisherman and a, a, a wombat devotee, was also a bit of an amateur jeweler. So he, you know, made things like belt buckles and stuff. So this belt buckle that he had was handmade by himself. And he made a series of 10 belt buckles using some stuff that he found on his property. He found a, I I think there's a tradition uh, for Chinese New Year's where you give money to other people in these little red envelopes. Mm -hmm. Um, He he claims to have found one of these envelopes filled with 10 dimes uh, that were all dated from 1943. And he used them all to make this series of belt buckles commemorating some famous meeting between FDR and Winston Churchill and uh, Stalin, I believe. So he made this sort of triptych into these belt buckles um, and, you know, sold most of them off and kept one for himself. But then realized much later that these dimes had FDR on them and were dated 1943, but FDR was not dead at that point, Dennis. Mm. So these were very, very strange dimes indeed. They came from the gun. Or they came from another world. What? And also, yeah, all these also bore a mint mark of B on them, which there's no mint in the U.S. with, with the B. You know, if you look at any of our coins, they'll bear a little mint mark of the mints that they're, they're made in. But this, there's no B. So this belt buckle was also missing at the time when he woke up in San Francisco. Hmm. Government conspiracy, Yeah. Goes very deep. And at the time of this call, Mel was also doing an investigation uh, into a connection to the Heaven's Gate cult, who I believe committed mass suicide a little over a month after his first call into Coast to Coast, uh, because apparently the the leader of the Heaven's Gate cult, a man named Marshall Applewhite, reportedly visited the site of Mel's Hole after, I think it was in the possession of... The military, maybe? I, I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's part one of Mel's Hole. Oh, uh, man. He, he calls back in later, and th- the next half, Dennis, is incredible. It, I can't I can't wait, because I want to know where the hole is and how I can get there. It gets so much better. It just gets so wild. Hmm. 
I'm intrigued. I'm hooked. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite paranormal stories of all time, just because it's so fucking bonkers. And I I, I feel like after stuff like Mel's Hole, like a lot of UFO sightings and stuff just are boring to me because they don't go as crazy as this. Like <laughs> Mel's Hole goes super hard. I guess I can't ask if he's still around or if the hole is still around because I'm assuming you'll tell us in the second part. We'll get into it. Yeah, Mel is a bit of an enigma. enigma. Um, yeah, I can get into that in part two, like the, the follow-up stuff done about Mel's Hole. It's it's pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah, Mel's Hole part All one. Right. Well, well now, we, now we know what we're talking about next time. Yeah, indeed. Sweet. Dog, it's, it, it gets so crazy. I, <laughs> I'm so excited to tell you about part two. Well, I'm excited because you're excited, and I want to know, and I want to yeah. know if we can go there and resurrect <laughs> pets. And I have this livestock that I need to get rid of. Okay, yeah. Throw it in a hole, as you do. What now? What What do you think the odds would be that if we did find this hole, uh, we would get up to our our normal horseplay and accidentally knock at least one of us down the hole? Ninety eight percent. Okay. <laughs> I mean, pretty strong chance. <laughs> or I just fall in the hole. All right. That's possible. Yeah. Or I would just throw myself into the <laughs> hole. Just to see if you come out in the woods. No, just because I want to throw myself into a hole. Oh, buddy. Why you got to do this now? Mel's. That's such a nice. Mel's asshole. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I think that's about all the time we have for this call. <laughs> indeed <laughs> alright uh, well thanks for listening everybody yeah thanks we'll uh, talk to you next time bye Josh bye Dennis thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com that's Dennis with one N Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye. Your hole is worth millions of dollars.